KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. In a kitchen on Drexel University's campus, two students are mixing ingredients, adding new spices, and constantly taste testing their work. So right now, like, it's a vegan product, and we're developing different flavors for that company. This is no ordinary kitchen. This is the Drexel Food Lab, where students experiment with food to find the perfect balance of taste, nutrition, and affordability. But it's not just a test kitchen. It also serves as an accelerator for small businesses. It gets your business to market. Like, that's the idea. This is The Johncast, a podcast about interesting and unexpected stories from Philadelphia. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka, and this week, we're going to see what it takes for a small food business to get started, why all this food testing matters, and how one person, with some help from the food lab, is bringing nutrition and comfort to people who need it, especially new moms. Moving to a different kitchen now. Inside the Energy Healing Center in Germantown, Mia Orms is prepping a meal for her business, Tribu. So I always need gumbo. I love to give my new mom's gumbo. And it has two proteins in it. You know, it has um, quinoa and it has chickpeas. Tribu sells meals for delivery, mostly soups and stews. They're open to anyone, But Mia particularly focuses on new and expecting mothers because they don't really have time to think about meal prep and nutrition. Mia learned that from experience. I have two children. With my first, nobody ever talked to me about what are you going to eat afterward? Or like, I don't remember that conversation happening at all. And so I remember the first night, I was like, what do you want tonight? Okay, Mexican. The second night, Thai. The third night... I don't even remember, but by the fourth day, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was so sick of it, I didn't want any of it. So with my second, I learned from that experience and some friends had set up a meal train for us. I had prepped a couple things, so I had a couple things in the freezer. I felt better, I felt more prepared, and I was like, wait a minute, everybody needs this. And so that's where the idea was born. That's where it came from. Mia has always been into cooking. You know, even as a small child, I would play, like, restaurant with my stuffed animals. (laughs) There was one night a week that I could pick something, I could design a menu, and I could cook it. And there are some pretty funny meals that that I made. (laughs) She started Tribu in 2019. The name, spelled T-R-I-B-U, comes from Spanish. So Tribu is the Spanish word for tribe. You know, it really goes back to when you're in a time of need or recovery or you just have a baby, like, who are you looking towards? You're looking for your tribe. You're looking for your people to help you, you know, to to support you. And delivering food, you know, like, I become part of your your tribe. Tribu has lots of customers who aren't new moms, too. How many times have you brought a prepackaged frozen meal to work because you didn't have time to meal prep? Wouldn't it be so much better if that was a homemade, healthy meal 
that you still didn't have to cook? I have a fair amount of customers that aren't new moms. They're just working professionals. They're just busy men as well. Everybody eats the food. My kids love the food. The Crescent City Gumbo is a big seller. It's made with okra, portobello and cremini mushrooms, chickpeas and fire roasted tomatoes. Mia also makes pot liquor, which is a big bowl of Southern comfort, a West African stew made with spinach, red pepper and mushrooms, and a vegetable mineral broth that has seaweed, ginger and a little kick of cayenne. I got to try that one. It was delightful on a rainy fall day. Mia doesn't like labels like vegan. They're kind of restrictive and carry a particular impression. But all of her food is plant-based. She wants to burst those assumptions that plant-based and healthy foods always taste bad because it's just not true. Mia uses flavors that are familiar and comforting and have cultural significance. So what I do is all of the flavors of my soups, you can trace them back to somewhere in the African diaspora. I've heard from people of all cultures, like as soon as you eat it, you're like, this tastes like something that I had as a child and it brings them back. And she doesn't care how you eat the soups. If you want to add a starch or a meat in, go for it. Add some chicken and pour the gumbo over rice. But it's important to Mia that the food that she makes fits just about every diet. And no matter how you prepare it, even if you just throw it in the microwave, it's still good for you. Mia has been doing all of this by herself so far. She cares so deeply about her customers that she's working some ridiculous hours to get it all done. There is no, oh, it's five o'clock. I'm going to walk out now. And I'm a person, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done because what holds me accountable more than anything else are my customers. I'm accountable to them. If they depend on the food, it has to come. So even if it comes at midnight, that's why I love new moms. It's a 24 hour clock. So if I deliver your food at midnight, you're up, you know, and that's okay. You know, so it gives me that little bit of grace. Um, so I've done very, very early morning deliveries. I've definitely stayed up close to 24 hours, many, many, many days, just getting it done. She does get some help sometimes. Solomon is 11 and Ava is four. It's a family business. They do like to help. Solomon has definitely helped, you know, as you know, I'll, I'll pay him. Great first job. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> first job. And he's a great helper. Yeah. He has helped me with events. So it was a little bit young, but she likes to, you know, dabble around. She gets help from friends and other family too, but the business is all hers. She had an idea and decided to make it happen with no prior knowledge of how to start a business. So she turned to her alma mater for help. So the Drexel Food Lab is great. I'm also a Drexel alumni. So, you know, it was really special coming back to the place where like I started. Mia applied for a program that the Drexel Food Lab was running this past summer called the Good Food Accelerator. When I was um, awarded that opportunity, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was so excited. And it really helps me stay accountable to myself. It gets your business to market. Like, that's the idea. You go into the kitchen and you cook. Nutrition students can be there, you know, helping you with your labeling, getting your nutrition facts, you know, getting ready basically to start pitching the stores. That all sounds great. But what exactly is a food lab? 
how do you research and develop a food product? I went to the Drexel Food Lab to see for myself what this whole process looks like. Well, my name is Kayla, and right now I'm working. Kayla actually couldn't tell me exactly what she was working on because it's a product that hasn't been announced to the public yet. I felt like I was getting a glimpse of a top-secret experiment. The food lab has a whole floor with multiple kitchens, one specifically for baking, and a small bar and restaurant where they serve food to students and Drexel staff. But they also work with outside businesses on products to be sold in stores. They partner with companies of all sizes, from startups like Tribu to Aramark and McCormick. When I visited, Kayla was testing new flavors for a vegan food product. That's all she could tell me. But that's pretty common. Developing new flavors is one of the big things that the lab helps with. And so sometimes they already have flavors, but they want to improve them. And so we help those companies build a different flavor profile for the flavors that they already have or make new flavors. Sometimes it's also about getting the right pH for their product or the right consistency. It's a lot of measuring, uh, trial and error, collaborating with other people. Do you get to just like test food all the time? Is so a lot of taste testing and yeah, measuring and yeah, definitely it. a lot of tasting. Sometimes we have like half of the table lined up with like it's one single product, but there's like ten different variations of the same <laughs> yeah of the same ingredient or the same product. Yeah. They let me try a few samples. These little snack-sized nuggets. I'm not quite sure how to describe them. Some flavors were spicy, some more savory, but whatever they were, I wanted to leave with a whole bag of them. Rachel Sherman is the project manager and research chef. She oversees the students. After some taste testing, she told me more about the Food Lab's mission. Our primary goal is to develop a better food system. So we do that through focusing our research on sustainability, food access, and health as well as working with lots of small businesses, uh, which is what we're talking about today. The Good Food Accelerator program that Mia went through was a partnership with the city. We wanted to even the playing field. We feel, and also the city department that we were working with, really wanted to focus on building our local economy by supporting local businesses, because they really get pushed out of the game. Four businesses got to take part in the accelerator. Each one came in with a product they wanted to develop. For Mia, she wanted to be able to sell her soups frozen. So she needed to adapt her recipes for that and find the right packaging. She's sort of been making everything herself by hand. And it's amazing work, but it's a lot of work for one person. So yeah. we were talking with her about how to streamline the recipes. We talked a lot with her about how to find packaging that's also going to be sustainable because that's a big thing for her also. She doesn't really want to use plastic in her packaging if she can help it. And I think that's what we see in a lot of our work is that people want to do the right things, the things that are good for the environment and good for health. But when you're up against shelf life and shipping and packaging, it's really hard to find things that are affordable that you can then be accessible to everyone. Why go to a university for this? 
Why not work with other professional chefs or test kitchens? Any startup will probably get help from a lot of different places, but Rachel says what's unique about the food lab is the energy and creativity that the students bring. We always say that while a Michelin star chef may be able to execute better than a student, you can't beat the energy and creativity of 20 students in a room together that are passionate about a project. We have so many talented chefs here, young chefs, that I feel like I don't even have to give some of them much direction. We just sort of sit or talk about the project and then they just really go for it. Think about all the great medical and scientific research that universities do. This is the food equivalent. By the end of the Good Food Accelerator, the businesses each had a recipe that was ready for market. We basically develop what's called the gold standard in the industry. So when they leave us, it's the ideal recipe that they want to produce. This particular program wrapped up at the end of June. And unfortunately, they don't have the funding for another round right now. But the food lab is still going. They work with businesses year-round in all kinds of ways. Rachel says they will always be a resource for Mia and for anyone else that's ever worked with them. Yeah, we always say we never just leave anyone. I don't think we've had almost any clients since I've worked here not reach back out to us. So we try to keep open communication and we always joke that we never charge for advice. I think we'll forever be connected. Mm -hmm. um, I do need to get in touch with them as I move forward with like labeling. But I think that that's an ongoing relationship. While it's not as handheld as it once was, they're always a resource. They're always there. And I do feel a little bit more connected because I did go to school there too. So I'll always be in touch. Now that she's completed the Accelerator program, is Mia ready to take her business to the next level? What's her next step? When and where can we see Tribu soups on the shelves? We'll get to that right after this break. A Philadelphia dentist today was sentenced to 22 years in prison and fined $100,000. This was just unbelievable. You gotta understand the genius in Larry. Nobody was doing coke at this point. No one could believe that this highly educated, young, handsome man was this kingpin drug dealer. This is Wolves Among Us, the Larry Lavitt story, a documentary podcast from C13 Originals, a Cadence 13 studio. Listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Johncast. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. With the Good Food Accelerator completed, Mia set out to really grow her business, Tribu. So far, she had just been doing direct deliveries, and delivering everything herself. So for her, growth meant getting into local stores and farmers markets. She said working with the Drexel Food Lab left her in a pretty confident place. So I've like settled on packaging. I have a great starting point for my, for my labels. Um, there are a couple stores that I've spoken to that are interested in carrying the, the soups. So I feel ready to say, you know, to present it to them or soon feel very ready to present it to them to say, hey, this is what I can, I can offer you. Still, there are always challenges. When I first spoke with Mia over the phone in July, she had said that her goal was to start selling at farmer's markets in August, but... You know, that's a process in and of itself. You know, making sure you have like all of your licensing, 
um, all of your, you know, documents and paperwork and everything ready to, you know, jump into that. And you have to think about things like, okay, I'm making 10 soups a week, but how do I make 30? When we met up at her kitchen, August was almost over and she still hadn't achieved her goal. She didn't give up though, just pushed it back. Because sometimes when you're starting a new business, things take longer than you expect. Man, you talk about a work-life balance, right? Um, Running your own business is definitely not for the faint of heart. Uh, I see why I'm like, um, who's hiring? (laughs) You know, it's, it's, there's so much learning. Literally everything that I do, I'm learning it as I go. Like, I don't even know what I don't know. So every single thing you're like, oops, okay. I thought that was going to take 30. It's actually going to take an hour because I have to wind it back and do this. So it's just a lot of learning step-by-step. You've talked about the mission and what inspired you to do it, but just in a different way, like what keeps you going? So it becomes so much of your life. What keeps you doing this as opposed to applying to other to other jobs that might have a better balance? Um, whatever I did, whatever I do, it has to be something in food. Like I don't know how to not do something in food. And I feel very, very passionate about this. I feel the same passion, if not more now, Definitely, actually, definitely more now than I did day one. That's what keeps me going. I know that it's sorely needed. Like this is so needed. Like I need this service, you know, and like, do I feel like eating gumbo every day? No, but when somebody makes me something, I don't care what it is. It's like amazing. And I'm very appreciative. I'm like, oh my God, this is like the best whatever I've had just because like you made it and you served it to me, you gave it to me. I didn't have to make it. and. And I feel very, very strongly about that. So it's my passion for it. Things moved slowly over the past few months. But now, Mia has finally booked some farmer's markets. It's mid-October, and she's preparing for her first market next month. So I reached back out to see how she's feeling. Is she ready for this big step? So, Mia, how just how have you been? How have the last few months been? <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> the last few months have been, um, they've been good. Um, just in transition, I feel like, <laughs> honestly, as you know, so now the point, like, yes, I have some farmer's market dates. Yes. Yes. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. How did that go? Because it seems like, uh, I guess, it was maybe more of a process than you expected if you We're hoping to get in for August or September. Yeah. I think everything is more of a process than what you anticipate it to be. Like you don't know till you get in and, you know, just going like through the licensing process and honestly feeling ready, like feeling ready to like really step out there and, Mm -hmm. and, um, getting out of my own way and just like, just do it. Just like jump in. It'll be fine. Um, do you think, do you feel like you weren't ready like you still had to prepare more things or was it just sort of in your head yeah it's just me it's just (laughs) me i'm ready everybody else is ready you know trivu's ready it's just it's just me that wasn't ready (laughs) or i was ready but you know um it's a big step it's a big step like fear you know all of those things i don't know i get it Sometimes achieving your goal can be just as scary as failing. Now Mia actually has to do this, get everything together, get to the farmer's market and make it happen. When you have a deadline, 
reality starts to sink in. So Mia has had to scale back her big dreams a little, for now. She's starting slower, focusing on what's achievable in the moment. It's like I want to <laughs> offer the world, you know, but I can't. I have to stay, like, really focused. So a lot of times, too, I'll get in my own way because, you know, I had, like, eight soups and then other teas and then other um, snacks and things as well. And then people ask you for more. They, well, do you do meals? Well, do you do, can you make so many meals per week and deliver? And it's like, I can, but I actually can't. Like, you know, I actually yeah. can't do that. I don't have the support, the infrastructure, the capacity to do that. And keeping myself like really focused, you know, um, really scaling back and dialing down to to move forward. She's also realized she can't do it all on her own. But I am at the point where I realize that I can't be in three places at one time mm -hmm. and that I need help and that I need to hire help. I could see a difference in Mia from when we met in August. On my first visit, she was a little frazzled. It seemed like her head was just in 10 places at once. And she got it all done. But by October... She seemed much more calm. She sat sipping her broth, talking through her plans. She still had a lot to do, but she had a strategy, working through it step by step. Mia's journey is far from over. She's really still at the start. But she's happy with the ride so far and ready for more. I'm happy with the way that it's growing and the pace that it's growing and I'm happy with any mistakes that I've made. I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy that I made those mistakes and I'm happy how I corrected those mistakes and I'm happy how I went back to the drawing board and, and just tried different things. So I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied and really excited for the future. If you want to try some of Tribu's soups, and Mia also makes smoothies, teas, and energy bites, She'll be at the Clark Park Farmer's Market on November 5th, the 19th, and a few dates in December. We'll put those in our show notes, along with a link to Tribu's website, mealsbytribu.com. The Johncast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts, and it's made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickert, Brian Seltzer, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, Viviana Correa, and me, Sabrina Boyd Circa. Special thanks to Annie Corp at Drexel for helping us set up interviews as well as to John Deutsch, the founder of Drexel Food Lab, and Jennifer Robinson with the Philadelphia Department of Public Health for providing background information on the Good Food Accelerator. And thanks, of course, to you for listening. If you liked this story, follow us on Twitter at The JohnCast, as well as on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep up with everything we've got going on. We'll be back again with another one next week.